In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Happy Trinity Sunday to you all. It's a big day in the life of the church, and I also understand it's Memorial Day weekend, so our minds are probably on other things like barbecues or hopefully seeing some hot air balloons fly, or maybe even some big family vacation you have planned for the summer that you're finally able to take. However, in the midst of all these exciting things, our liturgical calendar gives us something even more exciting to celebrate and ponder this morning. The Doctrine of the Trinity. Yay! Am I the only one who's excited about this? <laughs> uh, well, the first thing and the most important thing to know about the Trinity is this. The Trinity is not primarily a concept to be understood, but a divine reality to be worshipped. And believe it or not, it is true, no matter what anxious preachers have told you, that we can say some theological things about the Trinity without all becoming heretics this morning. So let's try to say some theological things. Bear with me. One of the largest debates in the church, and I mean the universal Catholic church, actually revolves around Trinitarian theology. Going all the way back to the fourth century, in the Nicene Creed, which we say every Sunday, we say in the third clause of the Creed, we believe in the Holy Spirit who, what? Who proceeds from the Father and the Son. But did you know that the ancient version of that Creed, the one that was actually approved at the Council of Nicaea, didn't exactly say that same thing? The original Creed said simply, we believe in the Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father, period. That's it. Now, both the older creed and the one that became used in the Western Christianity, including the one that we have in our prayer book today, both of them continue to say that the Holy Spirit with the Father and the Son is both worshiped and glorified. That is, the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all fully God and are all worshipped and glorified as one equal trinity. But the big debate was in that one line called the filioque, the line that Eastern Christians and the Orthodox Church today still says differently than us. The debate was in that one line about whether the Holy Spirit proceeds only from the Father or whether the Holy Spirit proceeds from both the Father and the Son. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, who in the world cares, honestly? But you see, the Western Church added and the Son to the procession of the Holy Spirit as a way of making it clear that the Son was fully God. They did that because at that time, the big debate was over whether Jesus was truly God or was just God-ish. So the Western Church said, we'll make it really clear by saying the Holy Spirit proceeds from both the Father and the Son and make it clear that the Son is God. But on the other hand, 
The fourth century theologian, Augustine of Hippo, takes the traditional position, the one that's still maintained by our Eastern Orthodox sisters and brothers, arguing that the Holy Spirit only proceeds from the Father. As Augustine writes, the, we, the reason we believe this is because it's only the Father who is not of another. For the Son is born, begotten, not made, of the Father, and the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father, but the Father is neither born of nor proceeds from any other. And yet, this should not be an occasion in human thought that there is any idea of disparity in the supreme trinity. For the Son is equal to him of whom he is born, just as the Holy Spirit is equal to him from whom he proceeds. So you see, the unity of the three persons is maintained because the procession of the Holy Spirit is something that is eternally happening. There was never a time when the Holy Spirit did not exist. The Holy Spirit was never not proceeding from the Father. Just like the begotten nature of the Son is not something that just happened at Jesus Christ's birth. God the Son is always being begotten of the Father as an eternal act of love. And the reason for all this teaching about procession and begottenness is because the early church is clear that what we believe about God is that God has always existed in relationship. And God continues to do so today. God is not hidden away some singular entity that needs nothing else. God, from the earliest stretches of time, has always been begotten of God's self through the Son. God has always been proceeding from the Father as the Holy Spirit. God doesn't even think God's own reality is meant to be held on to God's self. God exists as a being that is always giving in love, eternally begetting, eternally proceeding, always and always giving and giving. And these three persons, the uncreated Father, the begotten Son, and the preceding Holy Spirit, they are always giving to one another. The love that the Father has for the Son, the Son has for the Spirit. The Spirit has for the Father. This eternal love is so profound, so intense, that the church says they are these three persons. But really their love has wrapped them so tightly that they are really just one being. Three persons, one being. Does your head hurt yet this morning? <laughs> like we talked about last Sunday, thankfully the Holy Spirit is here with us, leading us into all truth. The Holy Spirit's inviting you and I to be a part of this mysterious, loving relationship. But the key to the whole thing is that word, us. It's by being present in this community that we can hear the Spirit speak to us through our sisters and brothers, convicting us when we're wrong and empowering us when we are right. 
And if we persist in this relationship with our sisters and brothers in Christ, a model of that very relationship that exists in the triune life of God, when we persist, then we can begin to be changed. In the end, it's not really about getting right all these things that make our heads spin. It's about being in relationship with a God that is present to us through our sometimes frail and broken understanding of God. It's by doing this that we learn, like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to be a people that have no ego, people that learn humility, that are always considered better than ourselves, people that are always willing, like the triune God, to be giving in love, knowing that that reservoir of love that is within you comes directly from God, and it will never empty. You're never going to run out of it. So let the love of the Trinity change who you are. Let it conform you until you are like this God of loving relationship, to live like that God. Let the love of the Trinity change you and you will be transformed. And then you can work to bring the work of the triune God to this world and change it and bring God's love to those who desperately need to hear it. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.